0: Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us, Buffalonians, as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast.
1: Circles the way like the Buffalo Bills.
0: I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co host, Andrew Ogrewich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. We appreciate everyone for tuning in each and every week. We are back recording with you on a Tuesday evening once again following a Thursday night win over the New England Patriots, 24 to 10, improving the bills to nine and three on the season. They also got a lot of help on Sunday, which we'll talk about as they are now the number one seed in the AFC. The Sabres have played a couple games and the kid line is buzzing and the Buffalo bandits are back as well. And we have some other news with OBJ and just some other things, going on injury-related. First and foremost, Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, How was your weekend and how great was it watching the Bills take down Big Bag of Milk Jones once again?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, It's always fun when the Bills uh, beat the Patriots um, and uh, starting to get used to that. Starting to get used to the Bills doing just that. So, yeah, they uh, finished up three "quote unquote" road games uh, in twelve days. Won all of them. Looks like uh, looks like the offense is back. Looks like um, Josh is back. Looks like um, the defense is going to be just fine without Vaughn for a little bit. Um, see, team seems to be clicking on all cylinders, right? We we talked about going into this week um, that right the new season starts now, right? You have to be pretty much perfect going into the last stretch of the season and the bills, uh, started that off, um, doing just that incredible game against the Patriots, right? They pretty much did whatever the hell they wanted to, uh, against the Patriots, against Bill Belichick, um, and, uh, walked out of Foxborough with a, a pretty convincing win. Um, doesn't look, uh, it looks a little bit closer than it was, uh, on the scoreboard, but it was, uh, an awesome game, really, uh, really some great things. I thought Ken Dorsey did a pretty good job all in all, uh, right? A pretty balanced game. Uh, running game looks really well again. Um, but the defense, I mean, the, the biggest thing for the for me is the defense from that game. I mean, they really stood up. They, they made um, Mac Jones' life a living hell on Thursday night. It was uh, almost impossible for him to do anything. Not that he can really do anything to begin with because he sucks. Um, but really really impressed by the the game um that the defense put together i mean tremaine edmonds had one of the best games i've ever seen him play um i i mentioned this to you nick i i would after that game i think i'd rather spend the money money on tremaine edmonds than jordan poyer right i love jordan poyer everyone does um but i think tremaine is just so valuable to this defense. Um, and and he just keeps proving it week in and week out when he's healthy and able to be out there. He just really did an incredible job in the middle of the field there, um, you know, making incredible tackles, being where he needs to be. So super impressive um, day all in all um, by the entire team. But, I mean, the defense did a, an incredible job. So, yeah, it was uh, – it was another fun game against New England, and um, I think uh, I think the team is is motivated and, and ready to keep going on their uh, winning ways and um, c- go on a little bit of a revenge tour.
0: Yeah, three, three road wins, quote-unquote, in 12 days is impressive in its own right, and it's kind of amazing what an actual full week of practice can do for an offense of game planning like they hadn't been able to do with all the travel issues and the short week against Detroit and everything, and having to move the previous game first Cleveland and whatnot. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to Jordan Poyer, um, not for the game, Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it. uh, It's been kind of circulating around social media today. Um, A fan, um, I'm going to look up the uh, school for a second, but essentially a fan wrote Jordan Poyer a letter, um, and he was being bullied at his school. And Jordan Poyer uh, decided today to literally drive to the school and surprise the kid and give him a signed jersey uh and uh give him tickets to a game. Uh so just a really cool sign, a guy that clearly loves Buffalo. I think everyone wants him to be here. It's just the money thing, we're not sure um if it's what's gonna happen. I mean, you can franchise tag different players and whatnot. So we'll see. Um what happens, but he went to East Aurora middle school uh, today and surprised low uh, sixth grader, Logan Neary, who has been being bullied and whatnot. Um, so I hope Logan continues to fight through that and he stops getting bullied, but uh, just a cool moment uh, today that I saw pop on the social media timeline. I think it was worth a share, but yeah, the back to the game itself, uh, bills dominated. The game was not close to what the score indicated. I mean, Outside of one fluke touchdown, the Patriots offense was non-existent, and I really wish the Bills would have called a timeout on the play that touchdown happened because it was kind of like defensive back on the field for the first time all year. This is probably a little strange. You know he has elite speed as their returner. Very fluke play. Also, DeMar Hamlin just took like the worst possible angle to try to make a tackle on that play and employers wasn't able to catch up to him down the sideline but other than that the bills defense like you said what's really funny about it too andrew is that mac jones was running for his life and the bills only had one sack so it's still getting back to that they need to get more actual sacks but um aj epinesa was the only one late in that game that had one sack uh jordan phillips was awesome i thought uh, he's obviously now injured, and there's some pause for concern that it could be another week-to-week thing. Um, so hopefully he gets back sooner. It means guys like Tim Sell are going to have to step up. Edmonds, like you said, unreal game. Milano was flying around. Great to see Tredavious White play, per, I'd say, like 75% of the game. Uh, obviously, one of the bigger storylines going into the game was Kyrie Elam being a healthy stretch, which is very interesting um i know the bills in previous years have kind of tended to not want to lean on rookies as much and that's kind of what it seems like they're trying to do because xavier rhodes gets you know the start and then dane jackson who was sick all week they were worried he wouldn't be able to do um a lot and then when they finally decided to take trey out dane jackson was the one that went in and elam was a healthy scratch i think elam is the second rated corner you know, obviously behind Sauce Gardner among rookies this year. I think he's done a good job. I mean, outside of the Pittsburgh game, I don't, and that was a game that we blew out Pittsburgh. I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been way more consistent um, than Dane has. So it's going to be an interesting development here over the next few weeks, what they're going to do there. Um, But I was actually impressed with Xavier Rhodes. I didn't think he gave up really any big plays or anything. And I thought he looked Solid out there. It's a guy that's, you know, been to a Pro Bowl before and can definitely help this team. It was good to see Sherebius White get four tackles, you know, just get back into the flow of game, actually make a play. Um, I thought outside of the missed tackle um, on the touchdown play, I thought DeMar Hamlin had another really strong game. The The ejection was just – I don't even know what they want defenders to do anymore. It was just straight – there's nothing else he could do either. He catches the touchdown or he's got to make that hit and jar the ball loose. So, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully the NFL needs to find a way to fix that because it's just, it's getting ridiculous. But yeah, today that game looked like Josh was back to normal. He was back to, you pointed out last week, back to making the Josh Allen plays like that. The throw he made to Gabe Davis on the sideline to have the whereabouts to stay in bounds. know the penalty is on them. Find where Gabe Davis was and throw it where the defenders weren't going to go. And they all thought that he was going to step out of bounds. Uh, Stephon Diggs continues to show why he's a top three receiver in this league. No one can guard him. If it wasn't for deciding to have Tommy Sweeney try to block Matt Judon, Stephon Diggs would have had like another 60-yard touchdown on just a great play between those two. Um, Quietly, Isaiah McKenzie's had a couple back-to-back really good games. I thought he's been really strong. And it was nice to see they were, even though Nahee Mines did have only two carries for negative three yards, uh, he had that one big catch for 21 yards on the third down where Josh flipped it out early on in the game to kind of keep the offense going, which was huge. He was good in the return game once again. And I know he didn't get a lot of receptions after that, or he wasn't the most productive, but it was nice seeing him out there a lot and doing a lot more misdirection and just getting out in the flat and uh, doing what he does. But the one thing I really liked about this offense uh, in this game, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but it kind of felt like there could be somewhat of a change in the guard with James Cook. Like he was – it's been two weeks in a row now where he has really been great. He had over 100 total yards from scrimmage. He had six catches on six targets for 41 yards, which is kind of what they were hoping they were getting out of him. Uh, Devin Singletary still had a good game, 51 yards and a touchdown, um, but he didn't have any catches. Um, I don't remember who said this on Twitter. I apologize for not giving him the credit. It might have been either Nate Geary or someone else at WGR, but um, I wonder, I'm starting to wonder if they might start using James Cook a little bit more than Singletary and then when the games get close or they really need to close games out like they did last week, they're going to rely on Motor to be that bell cow back, be the one that's going to make sure they hold on to the football, You know, be the smart player, make blocks for Josh, and rely on him late in games. Um, but I'm interested to see the next few weeks if James Cook starts to get a lot more workload because he's he really has put together two extremely strong games. And I think it's a great thing that you have two good running backs you can rely on now because that's not something that we've had. You know, Devin Singletary was kind of the only guy. Zach Moss was not giving us production last year. And now it feels like the last two to three weeks, both Cook and Singletary have been giving us 60 to 80 yards apiece. And the passing game development of James Cook is something that I think has been much needed in this Bills offense that we talked about, you know, having Josh being able to check the ball down and then it opens up the field more. Um, Dawson Knox only having one target and no catches is not the greatest thing in the world, but we also did talk about, he was going to be heavily involved, which he was in chipping guys at the line and kind of going out into the flat. And to Knox's credit, Josh did miss him twice, like wide open when he made other throws. Um, But I think, this season it's been a frustrating year with Knox. I think it, at this point it is what it is. I think he's going to have games where he gets six to seven catches and then he's going to have games where he gets, you know, one to three. I think it's just is what it is at this point. Um, if We can get more consistency out of McKenzie, you know, Gabe Davis, two catches for 15 yards. I, you know, he had an okay game. He had seven targets, only two catches. I didn't think he was great. Um, I still think there's some inconsistencies there. Um, People have been pointing out maybe there's still a little bit of an ingring ankle thing going on there. Um, So we'll see what's going forward. Barry, obviously not great. I give him credit for battling it out because he was clearly hurt and laboring, and the two plays that Bobby Hart came in were very scary. Uh, But uh, I do give him credit for uh, battling it out, and we need Deion Dawkins back more than ever in these next couple games, because we can't be, can't be asking Josh to do what he was doing. Cause he was running around a little bit at the beginning. And then finally it seemed like they were able to run the ball and then it kind of let Josh do Josh things. Um, but just a great overall team performance. I think McDermott and Frazier and Dorsey deserve a lot of credit. That team looked like they were ready to play in this game. They didn't come out flat. They are ready to come out and roll. They got the three and out right away. The Bills drive right down the field. They do only get a field goal, but um, it kind of felt like they took the air right out of New England and kind of stole possession uh, right off the bat there. And then when New England did score, the Bills responded immediately, and that's what you needed to do. Um, and it kind of just felt like after that point, there was no answer for uh, the Bills at all. And uh, Great victory, 9-3, and, and it's even better when you're sitting at home Sunday, the Chiefs lose to the Bengals again. And Miami gets trounced by the 49ers and the Vikings beat the Jets. And all of a sudden you're back to first place in the AFC. You have home field advantage and you control everything in front of you, like we've been talking about for the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's been a crazy last few weeks, right? I mean, that's pretty uh pretty standard at this point. You um, understand that, but just what what this team has has gone through and, and they just keep continue to get better and get healthy and and chip away at that end goal right that end goal of making it back to the top and and they've done that yeah they got a little bit of help this weekend they got a lot of help this weekend right finally something has gone our way this season but right i mean they wouldn't get there if it weren't for winning these games um you know i think the confidence is starting to come back in this team especially on offense right i mean you just see that I, i think the running game is evidence of that enough right i mean it has been night and day uh, with this running game, the the last few games of this season. Um, I think right in that, it, I think that also helps the, the offensive line with their confidence too. Right when when you can see, you know, your running back chip away, you know, five, six, seven yards at a time, break one off for, you know, fifteen or twenty. Right, like that's got to make you feel good. Right, you're you're keeping Josh upright yeah, there's a few things here and there like the the uh, the fumble by Josh
0: was not his fault.
1: <laughs> fault at all right Kessenberry just let that dude run free. Um, right? So there's still hiccups here and there. that got to be fixed. but you know, you like to believe if uh, Dion's out there, that doesn't happen. So um, yeah, I think I think this team is starting to hit their stride at the right time and um, they they have to keep it up, right? You look at what's ahead of you yeah, you're back in first, you control your own destiny, right? Which is huge because there's no, there is no room for error moving forward. If you go five and O, oh, you maintain the number one seed, right? That is definition, control your own destiny Win, and you've got it four and one with a win over Miami. You're locking that AFC East title. Four and one uh, with a win over Miami and a win over Cincinnati and Kansas city loses one. You can still maintain that one seed. So if the bills go four and one with a loss to Cincinnati it means Cincinnati wins tiebreaker with Kansas city and Buffalo. So there are ways that you can have a bad game and still get to where you need to go. But all in all, you have to win at the very least four of your next five games. Um, these are all, Really good opponents besides Chicago, but I mean, Justin Fields has still looked pretty good at times. But I don't see them losing that. But this is an ultimate test. If you want that bye week to give your guys a rest after this gauntlet of a second half of the season, you got to just give it all you can going to the back half of this season and this last five game stretch. Um, and it starts again, right? I mean, it started on Thursday with New England. You took care of business then restart the clock, you know, put that out of your mind. It starts again this Sunday against the Jets, right? Um, They're a scrappy team. I don't think they're as good as the first time we saw them, um, right? I think that was more of the Bills losing than it was the Jets beating you. But still, I mean, they're they're a good team. They have a really good defense. Sauce Gardner just, you know, still looks consistently good. Um, Their wide receiver – was
0: Elijah Bonti. Moore, Wilson. Wilson. I yeah, mean that he's kid
1: he's unbelievable. He had 144 yards in the first half. Um kid's incredible. So um they're gonna have their hands full on Sunday. It's 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 not gonna be a walk in the park. Um so yeah, you they have to be pretty much perfect moving forward, and I think I think they'll be able to do that. Right. We've seen Josh slowly start to get his mojo back. And I mentioned it last week that we need to start seeing we we need the Josh Allen experience back for the good side of that. Right. Like he has to make just stupid plays that make you go, holy shit, Josh Allen. Right. We saw that with the Gabe Dave touchdown and he in that first first quarter he tried to jump over three Patriot defenders and landed it right in their shoulders like just stuff like that it just makes you like okay he's back right like any other quarterback any other team you'd be like what do you do like why are you jumping into three defenders you're not going anywhere but like you see that and that tells me okay we got a good Josh today we've got the good Josh Allen today and that's what you need from him the line like just everyone has to work together moving forward and obviously that sounds like yeah no kidding that's how you win football games but um you have everything you've been fighting for and right in front of you um so it's uh it's up to you you control your own destiny which is a great spot to be in in december um so i'm uh i'm looking forward to see them kind of step up to the challenge and um kind of Put their names back on people's radars because they've definitely fallen off. People have, people definitely wrote them off and, and, uh, you know, declared them dead there during that middle stretch of the season where they just didn't look like Super Bowl favorites. But I think they're back. Um, and I, the team definitely thinks they're back, which is, uh, which is a good sign.
0: Yeah. And Josh is back to practicing in full, which is also something we haven't seen. This is the first time he has been warming up before the games again which tells us that his elbow is starting to feel a lot better I mean you saw what he was able to do in Detroit with that last ball to digs I mean the throw he made the digs that didn't count against the Patriot was just like as effortless as it gets um so it looks like he's feeling better
1: yeah he definitely is but they didn't go back to that long ball I wish Ken Dorsey would have gone back to that in the second half it worked perfectly you aired it out go back to it. Why not? Right. Like every other aspect of your game has been working well. Josh has been reading, um, what the defense has been giving him. He's been making dump offs. He's been, um, dinking and dunking, making incredible throws. The running game was going, but the only thing that's missing still is that long ball and they had it, they connected and it didn't count for him. But why don't you go back to that? Right. If I'm Ken Dorsey and I see my two best players are connecting on a level that they haven't in a long time, you know, at least the last three, four games, why not try to get back to that? Why not exploit that? Um, so yeah, like I think in that aspect, Ken Dorsey needs to kind of get back to, Hey, gutsy calls we're going to do whatever the hell we want. We're going to, you know, put Josh in scenarios to do Josh things. Um, So I think that's like an example of he's still kind of handcuffing this offense a little bit. I mean, it looks much better, right? Like he is relying on the running game to do things and open things up. But small things like that is still like, ah, the coaching is still potentially an issue for them if they get down the line. And is Ken Dorsey willing to pull the trigger on some play calls to put this offense over the top and put teams away? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I think – I do think part of it is Dorsey, but I think the other – I would say there's a 50-50 split. I think 50-50 is Dorsey on the one side, and I think the other side is Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis is the guy that is the big play threat. We saw it against Kansas City last year in the playoff game. We saw it against the Steelers. We've seen it throughout the course of the year when he's healthy. Josh knows when, and just like in that instance, when Stefan Diggs has one-on-one and that safety moves, Josh is going to Stephon Diggs and he will find a way to get that ball over the top. Um, but that's really not what they ask Diggs to do a lot. They don't ask Diggs to take the top off the defense. That's what Gabe Davis is kind of supposed to do. And you kind of wonder if Josh has maybe lost a little faith or did he isn't getting in that spot and he hasn't been consistent in the last few weeks. And there's been a few times where Josh has thrown him, you know, 20, 30 yard passes and he's just dropping them or he's not bringing him in or he's getting, you know, offensive pass interference or he's just doing dumb things. And I think if you can get Gabe Davis back in the proper mindset and get him back to being how he was early in the season, like he was against the Chiefs and the Steelers and the Rams and how big of an impact he needed or, you know, he made, I think you're going to see a lot of differences. But I do agree that he isn't the only one that can go deep. I wouldn't mind. I mean, you saw Kubaro go deep a few times in the Titans game when uh, guys were out. Uh, Gabe Davis, I think, was actually the one that was out in that game. I mean, I wouldn't mind giving Shakir a shot deep or McKenzie or whoever, um, and who knows, maybe Odell Beckham come playoff time, who knows what's going to happen. But no, I, I agree with your point there. Uh, as Joe Brady likes to tweet out one and O each week, that's how the bills have to be approaching it. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of a video going around of Diggs after he, uh, was kind of having his way with the Patriots. It looked like he was mouthing. I want Miami, um, which I'm happy. That's what he's thinking about. But at the same time, you you cannot overlook this Jets team. We might have already done that once. their uh Braxton Berrios catch away from potentially beating the Vikings in Minnesota. Granted, Mike White didn't have the best game. Uh, he made some mistakes and probably could have had a few more interceptions. But, you know, he, he made some big throws, especially to Corey Davis late in the game. Uh, They didn't have Michael Carter this past week, who was really good against Buffalo. Um, Their other running back Knight, has been really good for them. They still have James Robinson, who they got from the Jaguars. Um, Elijah Moore is suddenly back in the fold after he wanted to be traded. Now that Mike White's in, uh, that's another guy that, you know, the last time they played the bills, he was really a non-factor because him and Zach Wilson had no sort of chemistry in any sort of way. Right. So um, without Von Miller in this game, probably without Jordan Phillips, this defense has to step up and stop the run because you know what—that's what they want to do. If they want to have Mike White throw the ball fifty times a game, and that's how they want to try to beat us, then you know, let them do that again. I think with Tredavious White back, I think you're going to start to see him play maybe the full game or another seventy-five percent game log. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes was good last week. Maybe Dane Jackson can find his game a little bit. Who knows what they're going to do with Elam. Um, when Jordan Poyer's back there, uh, you know, good things happen. He didn't play the last time against the Jets either. So, you know, it's going to be a big game. And if I'm not mistaken, did Ed, I think Edmonds might have gotten hurt the last time we played the Jets, too, he was banged up or he missed the second half. Right. Um, so, you know, the Bills have a chance to answer the bell offensively, they have to be ready. This is a defense that they've only allowed one uh, over or one passer to throw over 220 yards. And it was against the Bengals. They've had only, and then I think it was like 270. Like this defense does not give up big plays. You know, they're going to, even Je- Jefferson caught a touchdown against the Jets last week, but he didn't have like the Justin Jefferson nuclear game. Like he has been having, like he did against the Bills. Diggs got that one monster catch on sauce on the first play and they had one other big catch. And then the rest of the game, he was kind of a non-factor part of that was Allen was missing him on some throws, but the other part of it was they were double coveraging him a lot. So it's going to be an important game for the McKenzie's and the Gabe Davis's of the world to be getting open and to be making plays when they're, you know, plays to be had. Um, I also think this is a really important game to run the ball because If you can establish the run and run the ball like you have been the last few weeks, I don't think there's going to be the same pressure on Josh like there was the first time against the Jets where it felt like he had to do everything. I mean, Josh was the whole entire rushing offense the first time we played them. So back at home, you're going to have the crowd. You're getting a few of your key players back on defense. Greg Rousseau got hurt in that game, too. Um, So you're getting him back. I would love to see him have a big game. Uh, it's going to be a dogfight. I don't think this is going to be a game where you're going to go out there and blow them out. Their their defense is legit. You just have to take advantage of Mike White. Uh, you know he's going to make two to three throws that are you're going to be able to take advantage of, and it's about capitalizing on that and not letting them control the clock because if you let them control the clock and let their defense get the pressure on Josh because they have a really good front seven, uh, with C.J. Mosley, Quinn and Williams, and all those guys, uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a dog fight, um, and it's it's a crucial game for the Bills. And I think if they can if they can win this game, I think they're going to feel really good about going against Miami because of all the teams in the division. I think the Jets' defense is clearly the best, and I think they're the ones that kind of push the Bills to the limit as far as you know defensively. Yes, Miami has a good defense too, and they usually find a way to get turnovers. But um, those conditions and the injuries the Bills had in Miami the first time around, that's not going to be the same case when we play them next after this week. Um, they're still a good team, and they're they're another team you're not gonna be able to overlook, and that's the big one you have to win. But uh, this game right now is the most important one because it's the next one on the schedule, the most cliche thing the Bills always say. So um it's gonna be important. Um I'll go to you first this week. Who are a player on offense and defense that you're really keying in on and then as well as a score prediction for this one?
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> on defense, let's go with Trey White, um, right? We saw he was taking more of a workload. Uh, he's uh, starting to come back. First game back at home, right? Yeah, yeah, this will be his first game playing back at home. Yeah. Um, So crowd's going to be amped up to see him back. Um, Let's see, right, how he's actually feeling, how he's doing. Has he missed a step or is he coming right back to where he was, where he left off, Um, have an all-pros, you know, career. Um, So especially against Mike White, right, like you can do things against Mike White, bait him into throwing bad throws, making mistakes. Um, So I'd like to see Trey White have a big game um, lock down their receivers. I mean, they're, I I talked about it, right. They're rookie. Um, I should look them up. I don't care. Yes. Thank you. Garrett Wilson. Holy smokes. Um, Garrett Wilson, incredible. He has to be locked down. He cannot burn this defense. Um, and it starts with the tray, right? Um, you get your number one, uh, cornerback, uh, back in the lineup. He's got to act like it. So big test for him. Um, right I'm sure he's gonna have safety help the entire day uh, if he's uh you know still a little shaky so I'd like to see him kind of step up and, and get back to where he was then on offense um man I'd love to see Gabe Davis have a good complete game I'm, I'm very close to being out on him he just has not been a great wide receiver too this year um I, I think, You need to come out and prove all the naysayers wrong. Prove that you can still be a weapon for this offense. Make the catches that you need to make. Get separation, like you were talking, Nick, right? Take the top off the defense. Stretch the field for Josh for this offense and take care of business. Um, They need that wide receiver to threat. It can't just be Josh and Diggs the whole time and McKenzie a little bit here and there, whatever, right? Like Gabe has to get back to being a dominant force on this offense. So I'd like to see him kind of step up for this team, um, on Sunday score prediction, they're nine and a half point favorites. I really hope it's not close. I got a weird feeling. It's going to be a a stressful game. That's closer than it should be. Let's go 24, 17 bills, um, I want to blow out so bad. I'll be up there bringing all my friends up there. We're doing our our, uh, our group trip. So um, I hope I hope it's a good show. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be closer. So I'll go with 24-17, Bills.
0: I like it. Uh, defensively, I'm going to look at Ed Oliver. I think with Von Miller out, you know, against a team that had success running the ball against you last time, a guy that's looking to get paid massive money, he's had some – splash plays and he's been very good for the bills this year he showed up huge in the detroit game when we needed him most um i think this is a game where you need him to kind of make a few game wrecking plays get a couple sacks maybe get a pressure that forces mike white to throw a dumb pass for an interception uh really like to see ed oliver get after especially if jordan phillips is also out Uh, he's gonna have to carry the load on the defensive line uh for this team and kind of get enough pressure so that there isn't as much pressure on the back end for Trey um, and them to be forced to make a lot of huge plays um, in this game. Offensively, I also would have gone with uh, Gabe Davis for all the reasons you just said, Um, but to change it up a little bit, uh, I'm going to look at Roger Saffold. I think last week was honestly, I thought his best game as a bill. I thought he ran block really, really well. And I think he's kind of been up and down this year, and I think this week especially against Quinn Williams, the interior offensive line is going to be huge. Um, I think hopefully we're gonna get Dion back, and it looked like Spencer Brown took a step in the right direction last week. He, I thought he played a better game. Um, still some uh, misses here and there, but I thought he played better overall. Um, but the interior offensive line is something I'm looking at. I think with Mitch Morse back. You know, Bates was great on the other side, but I think Saffold's kind of the guy that when he's clicking and he's getting the, you know, he's coming around on the pull blocks and uh, they're running the ball really well. I think he's the, really the big key piece in that. Um, so I really hope that he can have another really strong game and push Quinn and Williams around a little bit because he is a big dude. Um, and if I think he's the one that can set the tone in this game, too uh change the game on the line of scrimmage for the bills on offense so um, i'm looking at him and just like you said andrew i i'd love for this game to be uh you know a 10 15 point win i don't think that's what it's going to be um it's going to be closer than what i uh what it probably should um and for that reason i'm going to go 28 23 buffalo um in a really really close game and i think the defense is going to have to make a play kind of late in the game to uh to put the clamps down on mike white and the jets and end that game but um, it's going to be exciting. It's, you know, this division hasn't been this close in a long time. It's kind of honestly exciting to be a part of it. Um, it's nice to be talked about as being the best division, in the AFC, let alone one of the two best divisions in football right now. And, you know, a few weeks ago, it was a lot of doom and gloom and it didn't seem like the bills had really any chance to maybe even get the one seat. And now all of a sudden they control their own destiny. Once again, um, obviously there's going to need some help along the way again, but um, they're in a really good spot. So um let's hopefully they can show up um this week and then obviously next week they get Miami in a game that uh was flexed to Saturday night. So that'll be an electric atmosphere. And then who knows by the time we record next week, maybe Odell Beckham will be a bill. We don't really know. He took a visit, uh, he's in Dallas currently. There's some medical stuff that's been kind of coming out there um a lot from Dallas kind of hard to tell if it's a smoke screen or not. Uh, I do know that he did not work out uh, for any team, them between the Bills, Cowboys, and Giants. Uh, but if the price is right, even if he's not ready right now, if you add him for the last few games or for a playoff stretch, you know, he could be a huge, a huge add, especially if guys like Crowder and them and Kumro aren't able to come back. Um, but that's still very much, very much a wait and see. And then also – Uh, Von Miller did get put on IR, so he is out for the four weeks. He missed game one last week, so he'll be eligible to return against the Bengals, which I think is a great thing. I think it's a smart decision. I know he talked about being ready to play for this game. There's no sense in rushing him, uh, especially with the amount of financial investment they made in him. It's an injury he's familiar with. He's played with it before. Give him four weeks off. Give him a couple weeks to get going, you know, before – the end of the season, hopefully get that first round by, give him an additional week to get ready. And then he's going to be there for you in the playoffs when you need him most, why you brought him in. So uh, we'll see what happens on those fronts. But um, let's talk about the Sabres last week. Uh, I got my rant out of the way. They've played two games since then. Uh, they lost to Colorado and then they had a really nice win against San Jose on Sunday night. Granted San Jose, one of the worst teams in the league, but um, definitely playing a lot better. Rasmus Dahlin is a legitimate Norris Trophy candidate. The hit that he made in that San Jose game was just unreal. Uh, Tage Thompson continues to make Kevin Adams look smarter and smarter each and every day. Uh, Jeff Skinner seems like he's kind of found himself. And man, my boy Dylan Cousins is gonna be earning himself a paycheck because that kid line is absolutely buzzing right now they have one of the best goal four percentages in the entire league in the last set of games cousins was named the second star of the week this past week in the nhl uh he is really finding his game you can tell the quinn and paterka connection is carrying over from rochester and you know this was kind of the talking point with quinn last year or the beginning of the year with a lot of people that his name was being thrown around with Thomas Vanek because Vanek came in his rookie year and scored a lot of goals. And Vanek talked about he started off the year, I think it was 14 or 16 games without a goal. And then once he got one, it seemed like the floodgates opened. It kind of feels like Jack Quinn's at that point right now. He had the one goal, and now it seems like every game now he's getting great A opportunities. He had a couple goals again last game. The second time he's had two goals in as many weeks. Uh, And now it finally feels like the Sabres, for so long, the secondary scoring was the issue for this roster. And now it feels like you have a first line and a second line. And it feels like in a year or two, when, mind you, Cousins is 21, Jack Quinn just turned 21, Paterka isn't even 21 yet. This is a line in two years where not only are you going to have the Tage Thompson line as a, you know, an A line, this line has a potential to be like a one B line. It might not be a second line where you can rotate these line. Whoever has got the hot hand, you almost have two first lines, you know, Tyson Yost has kind of added a little bit to that bottom line with Gergensen's, um and a post. So he's added some grit. He's already gotten into a fight. Um, it's been, you know, really nice to see him in the lineup. I know they've been throwing him around with, the worst line on our team with middle and who continue to be on the ice for every single goal, but I'm done going down that path with those guys. Um Matias Samuelson, I mean, shit, man. They're I think they're I think I saw stat yesterday. They're eight, four, and one now, or maybe they're like nine, four-and-one now when he's played games because he had the injury. Um, he really makes a difference on the back end. Goaltending is still clearly a huge issue. Um, Anderson's been okay. They're giving UPL every opportunity to kind of take this net and earn it while Comrie's still going to be out for a few weeks. I know he just started skating again today. Um, He really hasn't taken that net by storm yet. Uh, Hopefully he can do so in the next few weeks. But um, I feel a lot better this week talking about the team and feel like Adams can go out and maybe just add a few pieces for – the stretch run of this year. Cause when you look at the playoff standings, they are only six points out of a wild card right now. So if they go on a little bit of a run, you know, they can get themselves back in that conversation, not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but we talked about them making the jump this year of being in that conversation. Um, they've been playing some good hockey. Obviously they blew a huge lead against uh, Tampa last week. And then Detroit, they were able to get the win, but kind of let them back in the game and allowed Detroit to get a point. They played Colorado really strong. Uh, They got Pittsburgh a couple times this week. They got Columbus tomorrow on TNT. Um, So good opportunity here the next week to pick up some points and make up some ground. Um, And I'm just really excited to continue to see the growth, um, especially of this second line because, man, they're so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and I mentioned at the beginning of the season, right, like this is going to be a roller coaster. You're going to have to enjoy the highs. And just kind of bite the bullet through the lows, right? We we just went through a, another low, a, a lull in the season, and we're starting to come back up. And you remember, like you said, how f- much fun they are to watch and how talented this roster can be when they're clicking and they're working together. Um, there's just there's so much potential here that it's like it's it's hard to get down on them and stay on them, cause stay down on them because it's just like one, if one shot goes in and doesn't hit the post, right? Like this is a totally different team throughout a whole game, right? Like it's just, there, there's so much potential night in night out for them to just take over a game and be high flying and crisp passes. And Darlene is just hitting guys left and right. Right. Like it just any given day, this team can look incredible, but right. Like they can also look the complete opposite and just, lay an egg out there so um again right i mean it's a, it's a young squad they're still trying to figure out how to work together right finding the right line structure and everything like that but i am super encouraged by what we've seen the last few games after the um stretch there where it was not looking great um and like you said you got a good chance here this week to steal a couple points from uh the blue jackets the penguins head to head um, home and home stretch that you have Friday and Saturday, right? Like, why not go out there? You, you're coming off of some momentum. You, you've got, um, you know, the young kids playing really well and putting pucks in the back of the net. Why not? Why can't you go out and steal some points? So um, super encouraging. There's definitely some confidence being built back up for the squad. And um, I'm excited to see, right where they go and and how they play out through this december. it's it's a a crazy um schedule that they have ahead of them, lots of games in December, um, lots of op- opponents that are gonna give you some issues, but you can kind of um give a punch right back, right? like the golden Knights, Tampa Bay, right? You got punched by them, the avalanche, Colorado next week. you got punched by these teams earlier in the season, a couple weeks ago, a month ago throw a punch right back right like let them know that you're not just going to lay down and um wither away uh like the old sabers of the past so um definitely encouraged by what we're seeing and the goathead jerseys are two and oh absolutely two and oh they're gorgeous uh, I think the combined scores are twelve to five. So not only are they winning in those jerseys, they are winning decisively in those jerseys. Best thing this organization has done in a long time is bring those back. They are oh beautiful. So um, no, it's I look. If you went into the season not having high expectations or really having any expectations for the team, it's been a pretty okay season, I'd say. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with them. Lots of promise, um, lots of encouragement happening. So um, I like it. I, I like what I'm seeing. Um, and again, like I'm still excited to watch them play. I'm still watching them every night when they play.
0: I haven't done that in years. So um, that's a good sign. And for what it's worth, just based on how well that second line has been playing right yeah. now, Dylan Cousins is currently on pace for 78 points. Jack Quinn, even though he's missed or he didn't start off the hottest based on what he's been doing the last few games, is on a 57-point pace, and J.J. Paterka is on a 54-point pace. When so was good. the last <laughs>
1: time the, the team was in that position? When was the last time ever that that happened for this team? It's been a long-ass time. So, yeah, that, that's that's been huge to have multiple – Competent lines is huge for and the i mean
0: tage is tage is still on pace for over a hundred mm-hmm. and Rasmus dolly is firmly in the top three right now in the norris voting i mean his it is honestly crazy like what jeff skinner tage dolly and these guys were doing now compared to what they were doing under ralph Krueger. like it's yeah. insane Um, but yeah, I mean, Darlene's a guy that I think you need to lock him up sooner rather than later, or else his contract's going to be getting larger. And I know in the off season, the Sabres did talk with Cousins about an extension. And I believe from what I heard, they were in the four and a half, five million range. Cousins said, no, I want six. I'm going to bet on myself. Um, and right now that bet is kind of working because last year, 79 games, He had thirteen goals, twenty-five points, and thirty-eight. Uh, thirteen goals, twenty-five assists, thirty-eight points, and twenty-five games this year. He has nine goals, fifteen assists, has twenty-four points, and his art is plus four. So he's on pace to shatter what he's been doing. He's been consistently getting better each and every year, which is what you want. And you've already heard what Adams and Granato and other people have said about his future leadership skills too. Um. I, um, I would expect that he might get locked up here in the next few months from what I've seen from some other people on Twitter. If you don't follow like Lance Lazowski or Chad D and them on Twitter, they're great with the Corsi numbers. Uh, they dig deep. Lance is really tuned in, um, to the Sabres. He's writes for the Buffalo news each and every day. He's a really good read. Um, and from what they've been saying, uh, they would expect something to happen here pretty shortly. And I I would expect it's probably going to be in the six to seven million range uh, for Cousins, and I think based on what he's been doing, I think it's worth it. And I I just hope that they never change that line because it really does give me major PTSD of the Vanek Roy, and then the mixture of a Finneganov and Pominville. Like it gives you that vibe of like the young group coming up, and then they stay together for a long time and they just develop into like one of the best lines in the league. It would be awesome to have two insane lines like that on this team. And then you already have three unreal defensemen. Owen power is someone that we really haven't even talked about that much recently. And he is to me, he's probably in the top three or four uh, this year for the rookie voting as well. I think Matt Bennear's on Seattle, just based on how they're playing and what he's been doing uh, is probably the clear favorite right now, but, uh, I think Owen Powers got his name right in the mix as well. So uh, we'll see how they do these next few games, and we'll definitely talk about them next week. The Bandits also played; um, they lost their o- opening game. I don't know, Andrea, if you watched that full game. If you want to maybe take us a quick, quick synopsis of that game and how they looked, because uh, clearly from the few little bit that I did uh, see, it was not very pretty yeah it was a, a slow start for
1: the bandits um, they lost um, 11 to 10 to Albany this past weekend um, yeah it was a slow start it wasn't uh, wasn't the start you wanted coming off losing in the finals um, the team just looked really slow um, couldn't get much going and again Matt Zintz left his team out to dry I, the goaltending is going to be a problem again from him. He's just so inconsistent. Uh, he can make some incredible saves, but then just let let in the most soft goals ever from far, far out. So it's, uh, it's frustrating. It's going to be interesting to see what John Tavares and the, and the coaching team and uh, front office does, if they can get Vince to get his head out of his ass and, and put together um, – a uh a good season like he's done in the past. I mean he's old, right? To to Matt Vince's credit, he's old. He's 41, 42. Um he's been in the league a long time, but uh the game's starting to pass him by. So um it's uh it's tough to to get ahead when you're constantly concerned about the most flukiest goals happening in your defensive zone. So um yeah not a great start. They looked fairly decent. Uh, Tahoka Nanakote in his second year um, led the team with three goals. Um, Dane Smith, again, right, led with five assists back to his dominant ways, like uh, he left off. So um, the, the typical names were producing for the Bandits with Tahoka and Dane and Josh Byrne. Um, it just, like I said, the biggest problem for this team, this season is going to be goaltending and can Matt, Matt Vince withstand this season. Can he do enough for this team to give them a fighting chance? Um, we saw it in the playoffs and, and the second half of that season, he just slowly started to deteriorate and just couldn't hold up and the team couldn't, couldn't do it all for him. Right the defense um, suffered and uh, it it just slowly got worse and they tried to hang on as long as they could, but it wasn't enough for them. So we'll see how the season stretches uh, or, you know, works out for them. Their their next game is uh, in a couple weeks against um, your arch rival, uh, Toronto, that'll be on the the 17th. So they get a weekend off and then uh, they're up in Toronto to play the rock. So uh, who? destroyed um in, in their first game um against vancouver they they whooped vancouver so they're looking good the rock always put on a, a good show and, and they're a tough team to beat so we'll see uh how the bandits are able to to bounce back um hopefully they don't start off zero and two because i mean th- this Bandits team is used to starting off hot they usually in the first few games, they're unstoppable, right? No one can, no one can touch them. So to start it off like this is a bit of a surprise and, and something they're not used to. So we'll see how John Tavares can get his squad ready and, and turned around uh, to to get into this new season. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, not uh, not the start we wanted.
0: And it looks like they don't even play again until the seventeenth. So they get a little right. yep. a little break. So. Um... That's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. Also, just a quick note, uh, about 20 minutes ago while we were recording, Justina Anderson reported that Odell Beckham Jr.'s visit with the Cowboys has concluded. So he did not sign with them uh, today either. So we'll see in the next week or so where that train kind of goes. But uh, we'll be back next week. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, we'll talk about... The Jets Bills. And then by the time we record next week, the Sabres will have played three games, one against Columbus, and then a back to or excuse me, a doubleheader um against the Penguins. So we'll talk about those games, break those down, see if the Sabres can kind of get back on track a little bit here. Um and we'll see if there's any more OBJ and injury news uh coming around. But if you don't follow us on Instagram, please give us a follow there at the Buffalo Oil Podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um we appreciate all the listens every week and all the support we've gotten. Um, This has been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.
1: These guys are good. Scary good. What a connection. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.